Amen. Let's pray tonight. Amen. Father, we just thank you tonight. Thank you that we're still in the day of salvation, O oh God. Thank you, Lord God, that that trumpet is still sounding tonight, O oh God. You're calling out, Lord, for men and women and boys and girls to be saved, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, that you're a merciful God. We thank you tonight, O oh God. Lord, that your arm is not too short that it cannot save, nor your ear too heavy that it cannot hear, O oh God. We do thank you, Lord God. Lord, for that alarm on the holy mountain, O God. Lord, that cries out to all men to repent. To repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, undertake tonight, Lord, for thy word, O God. Lord, we pray tonight that you would open up the hard hearts, O God. We pray, O God, that you would unstop the deaf ears, O God. We pray, O God, that you would open up the blinded eyes tonight, O God. I pray tonight, O oh God, that there be an urgency in this house, O oh God. Lord, that the alarm is sounding, O oh God. Lord, that your return is very near, O oh God. Father, help us tonight. Help me tonight, O oh God, to sound that alarm, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, friends, there's there's an alarm sounding. There is an alarm sounding. But, friends, nobody seems to be hearing it. Nobody seems to be hearing it. Friends, there is there is an alarm sounding tonight. But for the most part, friends, for the most part, people of all nations, races, classes, and culture, they don't seem to be able to hear it, friends. Or rather, most of them are hearing it, but are choosing to ignore it. Choosing to ignore it and just passing it off as a false alarm. As a false alarm. And just getting on merrily with their lives. Friends, what a dangerous, dangerous thing to do when an alarm is sounding. You know, there's a retired fireman in our midst tonight, and he'll tell you, he'll tell you the dangers of ignoring a fire alarm. You know, when... When the first plane hit the North Tower in 2001 in New York, the World Trade Center, Marissa Panagrosa was on the 98th floor. She was on the 98th floor of the South Tower talking to two of her colleagues. She felt the explosion as much as heard it. A blast of hot air hit her in the face as if she had opened the doors of an oven. A wave of anxiety flowed through that office. Marissa Panagrosa didn't pause to turn off her computer. She didn't even pick up her purse or her bag. She walked to the nearest exit. 
She walked to the nearest exit and she left that building. The two women she was talking to, including the colleague who shared her cubicle, didn't leave. In fact, many people in Marissa's office ignored the fire alarm. They ignored the fire alarm. And they also ignored as to what was happening 131 feet away in the South Tower. Some of them went to a meeting. A friend of, a, of Marissa's, a woman named Tamitha Freeman, turned back after walking down several flights of stairs. She turned back. Timothy says, I have to go back. I have to go back for my baby pictures. She never made it out of the building. She never made it out of the building. The two women who stayed behind on the telephones and the people who went to the meeting, they all lost their lives. Ignored the alarm. In 1985, 56 people were killed when a fire broke out in the stands of Valley Parade Football Stadium, Bradford. That's in England. Close examination of television footage later showed that fans didn't react immediately. They didn't react immediately to the alarm that was sounding, but continued to watch both the football game on the fire, failing towards move towards the exits. Fifty-six people failed to take heed of the alarm. Friends, there's an alarm sounding. You hear me tonight? There's an alarm sounding, a spiritual alarm. A spiritual alarm. But who's hearing it? Who is taking heed of it? Turn with me in your Bibles to Joel. Chapter 2. And we're going to read as to what we were singing about there. Joel. Chapter 2 verses 1 to 11. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess. A day of clouds and of thick darkness as the morning spread upon the mountains. A great people and a strong there hath not ever been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, yea, and nothing. Friends, hear me tonight. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses. As horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the top of mountains shall they leap. Like the noise of flame, of fire that devoureth the stubble. As a strong people set in battle array, 
Before their face the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march everyone on his ways. And they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. And the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord, friends, and the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great, for he is, his, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. And who, friends, who can abide it? Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, Zion, sound the alarm. Friends, sound the alarm. In my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Friends, this is a warning. This is a, this is a prophetic warning. Not only do the people then in Jewel's day, but it's a warning that has rang through the ages of time, right up until this very night. And if God wills, it will go on sounding right until that great and terrible day when the Lord comes to execute judgment upon all them who have ignored, friends who have ignored his alarm. Think about it. Think about it. That alarm has been sounding for nearly eight or nine thousand years, warning of this terrible judgment to come. And you know, friends, think about this. Even in that, even in that, is that not a picture of the love and mercy of God towards mankind? Towards those to whom he has created. That after thousands and thousands of years of hardness and rebellion, God is still sounding an alarm. He's still sounding out that alarm of, of, of safety and security. And they say that he's not a God of love. Psalm 86 and 15 says, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Do you know what that word, long-suffering, means? It means that there was and would be delay, delay in his anger. That it was soon not excited. That he did not act with passion or sudden resentment, that, that he endured the conduct of sinners long, long, friends, without rising up to punish them, and that he was not quick to take vengeance, but he bore, but he bore with them patiently. He bore with them patiently. Friends, what a beautiful picture of the love and mercy of God. Blow ye the trumpet, and Zion, Zion, sound the alarm in my holy mountain. You know, we've heard a wee bit about the trumpet in these last few weeks. Timothy's mentioned it a few weeks ago. Brent mentioned it last week. 
But you know, the, the trumpet was accustomed to sound in Zion only for religious uses, to go all together for holy meetings, to usher in the beginnings of their months and their solemn days with festival gladness. Now in Zion itself, the stronghold of the kingdom, the holy city, the place which God chose to put his name there, the trumpet was to be used for sounds of alarm and fear. And friends, you know, the trumpet has played a very, very significant part in the history of God's word. And it is still yet to play a very significant part when God, when God decides to call time in this earth. First Corinthians 15 and 52 says, In a moment, I think maybe we sung it earlier on, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Friends, what a day! What a day that's going to be when that trumpet sounds for the last time. It's going to be great. It's going to be great for those of us who are in Christ. That trumpet sound will be sweet music to our ears. But friends, hear me. It's going to be terrible for those without Christ. It's going to be terrible for those without Christ. It's going to be a sound that they've dreaded to hear all their lives. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. When the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the seed of all the earth shall gather over on the undershore, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Friends, when that trumpet sounds for the last time, can you say that you will be on that undershore? Can you say that you will be with the saved of all the earth? Blow the trumpet. Blow the trumpet. In Zion, Zion, sound the alarm. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Friends, can you hear the sound of a trumpet? Can you hear it? Can you hear the sound of God's alarm? You know, it's getting louder. It's getting louder. It's getting louder as the day of his return approaches. But you know, the devil and the things of this world are trying to drown it out. They're trying to drown it out. Surely, friends, you can't help but have noticed, especially on our TV and radio and and social media, the mocking, the sneering, the ridicule, the scoffing. Whenever the name of Christ is mentioned, whenever you tell them that you're a born-again believer and that Christ is coming back to judge the living and the dead, sure they go mad at you. And they try to drown you out with their insults, with their abuse, and with their blasphemies. They, they would never do it when, when the name of Allah is mentioned. No, no. But you speak about Christ. You speak about heaven. You speak about hell. You tell them that there's a day of reckoning coming for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this earth. Well, they're screaming at you from the rooftops. They're gnashing upon you with their teeth. They're up in your face, abusing you with the veins sticking out in their necks. Is that not right? Timothy, you know that. Brant, you know that. They're mad. They're mad at you. Some, some have even quoted scripture to me. 
Second Peter 3 and 4, saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Where is He, Stephen? Where is He? You've been telling this, this stuff for years. He has been preaching it for hundreds of years and still no sign of his return. Every time there's a catastrophe somewhere in the world, you say, this is it. This is it. His return is very near. But things still continue as they were. The sun rises. The sun sets. The tides ebb. The tides flow. The seasons follow each order in their usual, usual order. Men are born. Men die. And the cycle just keeps going on as it was in the beginning of creation. One generation passes on to another generation. Where is he? They cry. Where is he? Where is he? Well, friend, I can't tell you. I can't tell you the year, the month, the week, the day, the hour of the Lord's return. It's not given unto men to know that time. But friends, one thing I'm sure of, one thing I'm 100% sure of, he's going to return. Make no mistake about it. He's going to return. For you see, the Lord Jesus Christ said, he was the first one to reveal that he would come back again for his own. John 14, 1 and 3, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, ye may be also. Friends, as surely as Christ went to heaven, so he will return from his Father's presence and take his followers to be with him in heaven. Was it not the angels that said to the disciples, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? For this same Jesus which is taken from you, into heaven shall also come again in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Friends, hear me very clearly tonight. Ready or not, ready or not, he's coming back again. He's coming back again. His word is truth, for he's a God. He's a God that cannot lie. What he said he will do, he'll do it. He'll do it. There's no shadow of turning with him. His word is forever settled. In heaven. Second Peter 3 verse 8 says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. You know, God doesn't view time. God doesn't view time as, 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 as we humans view time. No, friends, absolutely not. God views time from the perspective of eternity. Psalm 90 verse 4 says, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch, and as a watch in the night. A thousand years looks different to God than the humans. He can accomplish in one day what we might expect to take a thousand years, or he can take a thousand years to accomplish what we would like to see done. In a day. Friends, as I've said, God views time entirely different to us. But listen to what it says 
in verse 9 of 2 Peter chapter 3. The Lord is not slack. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, friends, it's in the mercy and love of God that he hasn't returned yet. Why? Because you're not saved. Because you're not saved. Because you're walking afar off from him. Because your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life yet. And friend, he would have none to parish. He would have none to parish. But that all men, all men, should come to repentance. That's why he hasn't returned yet. He's long-suffering. He's long-suffering to usward. That doesn't mean to say that all men be saved, no. But God gives a window of opportunity for all men, for all men to come to him. The choice lies with man. It lies with you, whether you accept Christ or whether you reject him. You know, the great question will be at the end of time. What did you do with my son? What did you do with my son, the Lord Jesus Christ? Did you accept him into your heart or did you reject him? But you know, friends, that long-suffering of God is not infinite. It's not infinite. There will come a time where God say, Enough! Enough! They've had enough time to debate and to deliberate. They've had enough time to run and enjoy the pleasures of this world. They've had enough time to accept my offer of salvation. Enough! Enough! Friends, please hear me tonight. Serious tonight. It's a serious subject tonight. But please hear me. God in his great love. God in his great love is long-suffering. He's long-suffering to you tonight. He loves you. You know he loves you. Do you hear me tonight? He loves you. He loves you. Did you know that you cannot keep God from loving you? Did you know that? You can reject his love. But you cannot keep God from loving you. You can say and do all manner of things toward him. But he will still keep on loving you. He'll still keep on loving you. You know, a story is told in Greek mythology which illustrates my point tonight. And it's this, a young man a young man had a very wonderful mother. But he fell in love with a very ungodly girl. The ungodly girl hated the boy's mother and could not bear to be in her presence. It was not because the mother rebuked her, but her very character and presence was a rebuke to this girl. Nevertheless, this boy was desperately in love with her for she was very, very beautiful. And finally he pleaded with her to marry him. And she says, only in one condition. 
only on one condition. You must cut out your mother's heart and bring it to me. You must cut out your mother's heart and bring it to me. Well, this boy was so madly in love and so desperate that he descended to the low plane of this diabolical act. He killed his mother and he cut her heart out. And as he was taking it to this girl, he stumbled and he fell. He stumbled and he fell. The heart cried out to him, my son, my son, did you hurt yourself? The heart cried out to him, my son, my son, did you hurt yourself? Even in death, even in death, there was a heart of love. And friends, this speaks to me of Christ. This speaks to me of Christ. When he hung on that tree, the spot in his face, they pulled the very herd from off his face. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. They, they drove nails into his hands and into his feet. They stuck a spear into his side. And while he was dying, they reviled him. They reviled him and they mocked him. But yet he said, Father, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. What love. Friends, what love the Savior has toward all men. And friend, you can slap God in the face. You can turn your back on him. You can say all manner of things about him. But you can't keep him from wanting him to save you. You can't keep him from him loving you. For he provided a savior. He provided his son to die in your place. He loves you tonight. Backslider, he loves you. Unsaved man or woman, boy or girl in this house tonight, he loves you. He loves you. But friends, know this. Know this. Things are not going to continue as they are. I believe I'm speaking to someone tonight. I believe that this could be prophetical tonight. Things are not going to continue as they are. An alarm is sounding. The end is coming. And judgment lies at the door. Blow the trumpet. Blow the trumpet. And Zion, Zion, sound 
an alarm on my holy mountain. Friend, do you hear it? Do you hear it as your ears open tonight? Do you hear it? Do you hear the alarm being sounded? Timothy's been sounded for weeks. Brent sounded it last week. I'm sounding it tonight. It's been sounding up and down this week, country in Northern Ireland for years. Brent and Davy sounded every Saturday afternoon in Lisburn Town Centre. Andy and Ruth sounded in, in the schools every week. Brent and David and those who go on the outreach are sounding it every Saturday night in Balnehens. But friends, there's, go, there's coming an hour when this alarm is going to fall silent. Friends, I can't be serious enough tonight. I cannot be serious enough. There's going to come an hour when this alarm, when this alarm is going to fall silent. For you see, the, the, the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief. As a thief in the night at an unknown hour, at an unknown time. And then it'll be too late. Oh, friends, it breaks my heart to say that. And then it's going to be too late. Suddenly, suddenly, the Lord shall come with ten thousands of the angels. And an hour when you think not. And then where will you be? And then where will you be? In heaven? In heaven? Or in hell? Friend, where will you be? Friend, where will you be? You know, this alarm, this alarm applies to the people of God as well. Agreed? It applies to the people of God. The slumber, the sleeping amongst God's people. We heard about it this morning. A spirit of lethargy, a spirit of apathy. That seeds were so prevalent among the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today. An indifference to the hour in which we're living in. Friends, hear me, the hour is late. Brothers and sisters in Christ, hear me. The hour is late. The hour is late. Make no mistake about it, we're living in the last of the last days. Christ is about to return for his bride. Is he going to find a people who are sleeping at the wheel? A people with a cute and careless attitude. Or is he going to find a people who are up and about his father's business? A people who have a hunger and a passion for the things of God and for lost souls. Jesus speaking to his disciples in Matthew 24, 40, 42 says, Watch, watch therefore. For ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. And you know, friends, that word watch in the Greek is called Gregorio. It's called Gregorio. Indicating a constant vigil at the present time. Be alert. Be on your guard. Be at your station. Have your lamps filled and trimmed and burning. Because I could come or call at any time. I could come or call at an unexpected time. A time when you think not. And friends, surely this 
Surely this is a motive for persevering in faith. Surely it's a motive to be ready. To be ready for the soon and in the return of our King. Amen. Amen. You know, as I come to a close tonight, I want to speak to the unsaved. Just as I come to a close, I want to speak to the backsliders. You know, the Word of God says today, today, if you hear His voice, not my voice, but the voice of God, that still small voice, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Friends, the alarm is still sounding. We're still in the day of grace. The alarm is still sounding today. What is it? The 22nd of October 2018. The alarm is still sounding today. Will you not call upon him now? I believe he's here tonight. I believe he's in this room tonight. I believe he wants to do a work in hearts and in lives here tonight. Will you, friend, just not humble yourself? You're not coming to me, but you're coming to him. Will you just not humble yourself and call upon God? Call upon him today. Amen. Could we stand, please? Amen. Jonathan, David, Jillian. You know, as I just finished tonight, let me tell you one last story. The story is told of a small town in America where a horse bolted and ran away with a wagon carrying a little boy. The horse took off. There was a wee boy in that wagon. Seeing the child in danger, a young man risked his life to catch the horse and stop the wagon. Sadly, the child who was saved grew up. He grew up to become a very, very wicked man. And one day, he stood before the judge to be sentenced for a very, very serious crime. The prisoner recognized the judge as the same man who years before had saved his life. So he begged for mercy. You're the man who saved me all those years ago. Can you not save me now? But the judge said, son, then I was your savior. Today, I am your judge and I'm sentencing you to death. Friends, this is a day of grace. This is the day of grace. Will you not ask Christ into your heart? Will you not let Christ be your saviour? You know, when that trumpet sounds, when that last trumpet sounds, friends, Christ is going to be your judge.
He's going to be your judge. It's going to be too late. Will you not call upon him now? <laughs> Friends, I urge you, time is short. The alarm is sounding. Don't leave this building. Don't leave this building without doing something about your soul. Amen.